I got to give you a little disclaimer because I know some people are going to hear this episode and they're not going to be happy with it because I'm talking about mental health, I'm talking about problems with the psychiatric industry and with psychotropic drugs. So if this bothers you, the disclaimer is just this. Ultimately, your mental health is your decision. You're the one who has to make the decisions around that and decide what is best for you. Even so, I think a lot of people will benefit from this alternative perspective because a lot of the time it's very monocultural, very homogenous when it comes to the, the mainstream view on psych- psychiatry. So let's talk about this. Welcome, beautiful thinkers. Let's talk about how it's your suffering. I read this book the other day, well, over over the course of a few weeks. It's called Cracked. It's a critique of the psychiatric industry. It goes into some detail about the shady practices which occur the problems with the broken brain hypothesis, the idea that they have in mind some kind of healthy chemical balance in the brain and that when you take certain psychotropic drugs, that's going to correct it. If you look in some detail, you'll find that actually this isn't an accepted hypothesis in in the psychiatric industry or <laughs> perhaps the psychiatric industry has been trying to distance themselves from it. At one point, it, it was quite popular. And if you look at a pack of Xanax or I don't know what they take these days, but these antidepressants, it'll say on the packet, it is not known how antidepressants or psychotropic drugs work exactly. However, It is believed (laughs) that they help restore a healthy chemical balance in the brain. So they don't make any firm claims about it. I do remember I had a friend who went into a psychiatrist and my friend was under a lot of mental distress, mental anguish. And the psychiatrist said, well, I don't know what we can do with you. Maybe we can try these psychotropic drugs. He said they are the sledgehammer of psychiatry. And at least I could say, well, I'm glad that psychiatrist was honest because a lot of them, mm, not, not quite that honest or not quite that direct. People do repeat these myths saying things like, well, a diabetic needs insulin. Their body can't produce insulin, and therefore they inject insulin. And psychotropic drugs are just a a similar thing, but for your brain, if you're feeling in a bad mood all the time, find it difficult to get out of bed, lack motivation, sex drive, and other clusters of symptoms, then you probably have this psychiatric disorder. 
But the, these things are far from proven and you can see that, well, at least you can see this one perspective on this one critique of that in this book, Cracked. So I recommend it if you're curious about the psychiatric industry. And it does say also in the appendix, it goes into detail about antipsychotic drugs. And it talks about how actually it's the people who refuse the drugs who are more likely to get better in the long term. So it's like there's a difference. It's something I forget the statistics exactly, but it's something like 50% or 30% of people who don't take it are likely to recur and have another psychotic episode. There's 70% 70 of people who take antipsychotic drugs are likely to recur and have a psychotic episode or, you know, similar comparisons talking about whether they later have jobs or their their level of well-being. And I just have to think there's so many things going on in this world trying to portray a simple version of happiness, like this hollow version of happiness. Maybe it involves material wealth or sex or drugs or other things, things that they, they might be relatively easy to attain in, in some sense. But of course, when, uh, when, when you get material wealth, you find that, well, okay, it does solve some problems. It doesn't make you happy. It, well, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't solve everything that it's hyped up to. And so we're left with this void. Or maybe we, we start to question, well, what is really going on here? Or maybe we say, well, my life is, is going so well. I might have a great partner. I might have a great job. But I don't feel happy. And in that situation, maybe some people turn to psychotropic drugs. But those moments are actually precious. <laughs> if you've actually been somehow desensitized to joy or you you can't feel joy and you don't remember what it's like to feel joy and then you move into pain into mental anguish into suffering well perhaps this world has taken so much from you taken your joy your relation your revelation your enjoyment your pleasure and now <laughs> they say well all you have left is your suffering. All you have left is your pain. And they'll give you those drugs and they'll take that from you too. No. <laughs> this is my, my opinion, my perspective. I know there's a, there's a lot of nuance involved. It doesn't necessarily apply in every situation. But when you have that suffering, that pain... And it's all you have left. <laughs> Don't let them take that from you. And when you have that existential confusion of having some kind of shamanic awakening or psychotic episode or seeing things in, in a very strange light, being trapped in delusions, oh, 
No, that is yours. Just as Napoleon Hill taught us <laughs> in every adversity lies the seed of an equal or greater advantage, an equal or greater benefit. Yes, these experiences are powerful. Oh, they are difficult. <laughs> Don't you remember so many times in your life where you went through something difficult, some challenge, so profound, it rocked to, to your core, you didn't know if you were going to get through it. When you look back, months or years later, you said, those were some of the best times in my life. Those were when I lived on the edge, when I had to overcome that. Now, don't take... <laughs> I have to give these disclaimers, but don't don't take this too seriously. Of course, there are some times when certain substances might might be required or necessary uh, to give somebody a break or try to figure out a way if things are too dire. But it's also important to remember that these are not the only way. And as much as you try to be numbed by industries or organizations or society, your pain, your suffering absolutely is a gift. And it does have wisdom contained within it. It does have knowledge and potential contained within it. Please remember that. Please. <laughs> Add that to the context of the situation. It is your suffering and it is for you. A beautiful thought. Thank you for listening. So if you are looking for alternatives, you're looking for other ways of dealing or making sense of your suffering, then I might be able to help you with that. So using cognitive behavioral techniques, I'll listen to what's on your mind, trying to trying to make sense of it, understand it, put it into context, ask you some questions to see if there's another way of looking at the situation. Then we'll start asking what's the real challenge? What what is what is it that you're actually facing here? Or what's the thing that if you handled it would actually improve several areas of your life? I ask you what you want, what you would prefer, what you could imagine your life would be like if you started to change things. And then we talk about how you could begin to achieve that. So if that interests you, head on over to beautifulpodcast.com. You see the link at the top for CBT sessions and have a great day. 